You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to week nine of the NFL Wingfoot Locks. Joe Masiri back after a week off. We'll call it my bye week. Refreshed and ready to go as we head into week nine. And with us this week, we've got Chris Portente, Greg Coyle taking the week off. He's on the bye. All right, Chris, I'm going to start with the big elephant in the room right off the top. Last week, the Wingfoot Lock, the Carolina Panthers. What happened? Uh, basically, uh, Carolina gave up a 50 burger and we look stupid. That's basically what happened. <laughs> but, um, you know, all these numbers we give you each week, um, every number, every stat we went over, they all went in Carolina's direction. But you got to remember, uh, when I give you these stats, we get five, one and one, six, one and one, 12, two and one. There's always that time where it doesn't hit. And this was that time. And not taking away anything from San Francisco. We didn't think they were going to be a pushover. But the numbers were really, really strong in all categories for Carolina. And it's one of those signs where the numbers didn't hold true. So we got to get off the schneid. we got to get off this roller coaster as far as the weak foot lock goes. Uh, and we got to get back in action here. All right. So I want to ask you, though, did you take more away from that game about San Francisco? And are you changing your thoughts on San Francisco? Because I think there's a couple of times this season that we've been waiting for San Francisco to slip up. Uh, and they've been true, uh, obviously, going into the Thursday night game where they're 10 and a half point favorites against uh, the Arizona Cardinals this week. No, again, like I said, I wasn't expecting Carolina to be a, uh, excuse me, San Francisco to be a pushover. And um, uh, I'm not really necessarily waiting for them to get tripped up. But when teams go undefeated, there's usually that spot where they're vulnerable. And when all the numbers and info and stats we had this week, um, I really thought that this week that was a vulnerable spot. But the numbers didn't hold true. So we just got to keep moving along. All right. know, not taking anything with them. And I think they're solid. Their, their running game is is, is speedy and, and quick and hard to defend. Yeah, they're definitely deep there. All right, enough looking in the rearview mirror. Let's look ahead to this week, week nine. We've got plenty of winners on tap for you this week, just like we had in the podcast last week, obviously the wing foot lock notwithstanding. So the first game we're going to start with is the Chicago Bears plus five at Philadelphia this week, taking on the Eagles. Now, the Eagles coming off their biggest win of the season as they went into Buffalo and won 31-13, to while the Bears are coming off a disappointing loss to the Chargers at home. Eddie Pinheiro missed that what would have been the game-winning field goal in that one. 17-16, the Chargers held on to win. So, Chris, you like the Bears getting five in this one. Why? All right, well, pretty much, let me just start out by saying, despite the wing foot lock, uh, being on a roller coaster thus far. Uh, all our games on the podcast and all these games we've been breaking down in our podcast picks, uh, we've been hitting at a real nice clip. Um, and mainly, a couple of those last clips we've been making money, last picks we were making money on is because of that October trend we've been following. Um, and we made a lot of money on that October trend with the Saints and a couple of other teams. Um, October's gone. <laughs> Twelve months away get back to October. Yeah, death so taxes little... and the Saints in October was our was our theme for October. You got one for November? 
Uh, I got a couple of things brewing here for November, so we're going to try and leave off where we pick. We'll try and pick up where we left off in October and move into November. So if you want to hit the, the Bears first, we'll go to the Bears. So um, keeping these November stats rolling, uh, keep, you know, keeping November in mind, uh, not to mention November is my birthday month, Joe, so uh, <laughs> you know, feel real lucky in the month of November. Just just want to throw that out there. I know, steaks um, and martinis. That's that's the birthday wish every year. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, enough about me. Let's get on to the Chicago Bears. All right. The Chicago Bears this week are getting five points from the Philadelphia Eagles on the road in Philly. Um, again, I deem this to be a quarterback disaster over there in, 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 in Chicago. Uh, all you guys know how I feel about Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, but you also know that I have some faith in Chicago's defense. So having said that, um, here's a couple of stats for you. In the past 13 games, Philadelphia Eagles are four and nine against the spread in home games. They're eight and five straight up, but they're four and nine against the spread in home games. All right. And also, I've told you in the past, I've given you the stats. Uh, Philly in these 1 p.m. games, not great numbers there. Just not great numbers. And uh, we've hit on that angle in the past. All right. And here's the kicker stat. The kicker stat why we're going to roll with November and why I like the Bears. Matt Nagy, who is four and zero, oh, both straight up. And against the spread in November games since being hired. Four and O oh against the spread in November since being hired. Now, if you remember, two picks ago when we took the the Saints in, in uh, one of these October uh, one of those October games, um, Greg kept telling us how he wasn't a believer in Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, because all these stats were based on Drew Brees. But we had that one game where the Saints and um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. The coach's the, name of the Saints. Sean Payton. Yeah, sure. Sean Payton. The stat we went with two two weeks ago was it didn't matter if it was Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater. The stat was for Sean Payton. He was five and zero against the Bears in October. So now we have another similar stat with the Bears in November. Matt Nagy four and zero in November, and we're going to ride with the Bears. So all that being said, November points, everything. Take the points, take the bears, and let's get this November train moving. All right, so a couple things here. Obviously, we know you've been big on the Bears' defense this entire season. Uh, so with we just saw the Eagles put up 31 points against the Bills' defense that has been really solid all season. Any concern there about the Eagles' offense maybe finally putting it together? Uh, as far as the Eagles go, I, I, I honestly think the Eagles are one of, this, one of these teams. I think they're— they're they're they're, they're um, one of these teams that are up and down. I think when they have success and they win, I think they get a little laid back. I think they get a little lazy, and I just think it's they think it's going to come easy. Uh, and then when they have these losses and they're talked about in the media, I think they dig deep. They 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 come together as a team. They 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 work a little harder during the week, and they come out with an effort. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them have a little letdown this week. Um, a little letdown versus that Bears defense uh, can cause problems. Uh, plus, they haven't been covering at home. Uh, they don't have great numbers at 1 p.m. And the Bears defense and these November stats that I'm going to stop this trend right now, that's why I like the Bears and the points this week. All right, so how about the over-under in this one? Because if you like the Bears to cover that plus five, I think you got to like uh, them keeping it close and, and low scoring. I'm looking up the number right now. I think I saw it at, uh, what was it at here, 42 earlier. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Chris? 
Um, well, I really don't have an opinion on the over and under. I haven't dug too much into that, but just off the cuff, and I don't want to really give out uneducated guesses, um, but off the cuff, um, you got to watch when the Bears do win games, okay, and their offense does help out the defense, which I think they, they'll need to do this week. Uh, you're going to get that, that that little sneaky option play, that little sneaky uh, trick play, um, and the da- Bears are capable of scoring at any given point. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way. Personally, I would stay away from the total on this one. All right, and just uh, if you are considering it, just so you know, it opened at 44, down to 42 already, and in some spots, Philly going from minus 5 to minus 4.5, so I think the early money is coming in on the Chicago Bears this week. Let's move on to the next one. We've got the Indianapolis Colts coming off a win, 15-13, thanks to the trusty leg of old reliable Adam Vinatieri. Uh, against the Denver Broncos. They head to Pittsburgh, who's coming off a Monday night win against the lowly Miami Dolphins, 27-14, even though they got off to a slow start in that one with Miami jumping out early there. Uh, right now, this line, it opened at Indy minus one, down to Pickham. Chris, you think that's a fishy line in this one. Why? I do think it's a fishy line. Um, uh, based on... Um what the Steelers have been going through all year. I know uh, Rudolph has, has played decent, but it's still not Roethlisberger. Um, they've had their ups and downs. Uh, the Colts have been playing some real good football. The Colts have some great numbers on the road so far this season. Uh, just off the cuff, uh, immediately seeing that, based on what I just told you and not even really digging deep in, into it, just based on what I just told you, I would think the, the Colts should at least be a three-point fit, at least, if, if, if not four. Um, and when I see it at one and then I see it going down from one to pick them, uh, it screams fishy to me. And that, um, in, in addition to the numbers that I'm about to give you, uh, I really like the Steelers this week, Joe. Okay. Go ahead with those numbers. <laughs> uh, yeah, here are the numbers. Um, so first of all, we're going to go back to November. Okay. This is one of our new trends, November. Out with October, in with <laughs> November, we're going to get hot. So here we go. Out with the pumpkins, in with the turkeys. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike Tomlin is 8-1 and one straight up and 5-3-1 and one against the spread in his past nine November games. Okay? 8-1 and one straight up. 5-3-1 and one against the spread, but 8-1 and one straight up is pretty good. Now, again, I realize, like Greg would say if he was here this week, you know, a lot of those stats are with Roethlisberger and not Rudolph and this and that. But here's another couple of stats. The Steelers have won five straight games against the Colts, okay? And in the past 13 games, Pittsburgh has been a home dog. In the past 13 games, when Pittsburgh was a home dog, they're 8-4-1 against the spread, okay? Those are serious numbers. Um, I think Pittsburgh has a lot of pride. Uh, I think they they like to protect their home field. Uh, I think the fact that they beat the Colts in the last five games is a good number. Um and again, I really like Tomlin. The fact that he's eight and one straight up against uh, uh, eight and one straight up in these November games, these past nine November games. So I'm going to say a little November sprinkle. Let's take the Steelers plus the one, and let's roll with them and roll with the November numbers. 
Another thing to look at, and this burned you in the past when we were looking at injury reports because you didn't listen to yourself, is T.Y. Hilton. He's questionable for this game. Obviously, he takes the top off the defenses uh, for the Colts. Jacoby Brissett has been playing really well this season, and obviously uh, they've been able to control the ball on the ground with Marlon Mack and that really dominant offensive line for the Colts. Should be interesting to see how they match up with Pittsburgh's defense, who's been pretty stout against the run so far this season. So definitely want to pay attention to that injury report as we get closer to Sunday here. All right, the next game. Now, that, just, go real quick, just real quick, Joe, as we've said, and again, I did go against myself in that game. I know the exact one you're talking about. Uh, but T.Y. Hilton, not on that team, completely different team. Absolutely. Uh, it's been shown to us, it's proven to us, completely different team. I mean, listen, when you got T.Y. out there, the safeties can't cheat up and it's tougher to load the box because he's going to take the top off and you give up a big play. And if the safeties can't creep up, then Marlon Mack and that offensive line have been able to get big chunks in the running game. It's been a formula for success. And throw in the fact that Jacoby Brissett hasn't turned the ball over this season. He's been pretty good. I think three interceptions so far uh, on the year. And he's the, the Colts are where they are because of that that record there. And obviously their defense has been pretty good. You know, you, you, they squeaked out that one against Denver last week. We said that line was a little bit fishy with the Colts last week. Um, and I think that uh, that this week, this line is is definitely a little fishy again as it pertains to the Colts. All right. With that being said, let's hop across the pond as we go over to London, England for London's home team, as I like to call them, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are getting one and a half points as they face the Houston Texans this week. Now, last week, the Jaguars are coming off a win against the Jets 29-15, while the Houston Texans in what was Greg Hoyle's better beware game of the week last week got the win, but just 27-24 as they didn't cover against the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Both teams obviously going into the bye next week. And the big injury in this one off the top, J.J. Watt likely done for the year for the Texans. Um, So this is one that I have been on. Uh, I'm really big on Jacksonville as they go to London. And, Chris, I'll let you give the underdog stat in a second as it pertains to Jacksonville because you looked up that nugget. Um, But Jacksonville just generally has played their division teams tough. These two teams played earlier in this year. Jacksonville was, I believe, a 7, 7.5-point underdog, depending on when you got it. And Houston won 13-12 in that one. Gardner Minshew actually drove the ball down the field late, wasn't able to capitalize, um, and the Texans came away with the win. Jacksonville, I think, is clicking right now, and I think we're looking at two teams headed in opposite directions, especially when it comes to health. Uh, Houston's injury report right now looks like an absolute mash unit they've got obviously I mentioned J.J. Watt they've got a bunch of injuries on the offensive line as well and I think that could be a real struggle for Deshaun Watson also Will Fuller not there to take the top off the defense for the Texans he's had some drops he's not quite the receiver that T.Y. is uh, for the Colts but he can definitely that speed forces those safeties to take another step back. And without him, I think it's going to be very difficult over there. Listen, Jacksonville has played multiple times over in London, and I think they play some of their best football. This is a 9.30 start. And I think Minshew Mania heads across the pond. I'm going to roll with the Jaguars in this one, take the one and a half, um, and I think they win this one outright against the Texans. Chris, your thoughts? Uh, I agree with everything you said, Joe, and I like the Jaguars in London this week as well. Um, before I get to that stat we uh, we found uh, on the Jaguars, uh, in regards to the Texans, J.J. Watt being on, big, big, big loss for that team. Big loss, um, not only for on the field, off the field, what he brings to that, that, that team in, in, in 
multiple, multiple levels. Um, the other thing, too, is um, I don't know if you've been watching a lot of the, the, the shows this week. Um, all of a sudden, they're praising Deshaun Watson. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from Deshaun Watson. He's had a great career so far. Probably going to be a star. Going to have a, a he's only going to move forward. But uh, you know, he made one play. Okay, he got hit in the eye. He got cut. Uh, and now all of a sudden, he's a god. Um, and I just don't like when everyone single players get all this attention all week. Um, I think the NFL has a way of bringing you back down to reality pretty <laughs> quick uh, with all the parody in this league. Um, so um, that's one thing I would I, I don't like too much. But as far as the Jaguar goes. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows because we didn't know until just recently when we were able to dig it up. Uh, there's only been four dogs who have been able to cover um, in these London games. And we're talking 27 uh, games at this point, right, Chris? We're at the 27, 27 games. 27 games, and there's been 16 road dogs. Um, again, and I don't, I don't buy into this home road thing. Uh, I understand they have to do it for logistics. But, but anyway, having said that, there's only been four dogs who have covered. Okay, and out of those four dogs, three times have been the Jacksonville Jaguars. And who was the underdog this week? The Jacksonville, the London Jaguars. Yeah, uh, I like getting it. The point and half. Yeah, getting the point and a half. I like them, and uh, I think Jacksonville is a big, big play this week, Joe. Yeah, and I, as far as all that praise for Deshaun Watson goes, I mean, I think nobody extends plays in the NFL right now like he does and Russell Wilson does, and we'll get to Seattle in a minute. But the thing that I've noticed about both of those quarterbacks, it's a good thing that they can run because they have needed to run. Both of those offensive lines have really struggled. They've allowed a ton of pressure. So, yeah, he might have escaped that, but I look at the fact that he should have been sacked in the backfield on that play that he ended up throwing the winning touchdown on and getting kicked in the face. Uh, the fact that he got out of that, I think that we still see defenders sometimes a little bit scared to tackle the quarterback because they don't want that 15-yard penalty. And I'm not saying that's what happened in this case, but we've seen it happen a couple of times where guys slip away because they want to gently put the quarterback on the ground to avoid that roughing the passer call. And I think that he and Russell Wilson, with their escapability, with their strength and athleticism, are the guys who have benefited from that most. Um, I think that goes out the window in a division game where you got got the Jaguars and uh, Texans taking on each other. And look, the Jaguars are 4-4. Four and four. This division is still up for grabs. And if you're talking Indy losing this week, I mean, that division is absolutely wide open, the AFC South, as it, as it usually is. So I expect a real close one here, and I, and I think that the Jags will pull it out. Um, so I'm, I'm rolling with Minshew Mania and the mustache. All right, let's move on. We're going to go to Seattle. I mentioned Russell Wilson there and his offensive line. This week, they play host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, laying six to the Bucks. The Seahawks are coming off a 27-20 win against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, a game where they really had it wrapped up in the first half and then kind of almost let Atlanta come back a little too much into that game with Matt Schaub throwing for, I believe, 460 yards. Uh, and then we've got Tampa Bay, who's coming off a tough loss to Tennessee, 27-23, four interceptions for Jameis Winston in that one. And still, if not for a call, that uh, a fumble that was overturned, uh, which would have been returned for a touchdown, um, maybe Tampa Bay ends up winning that one outright there in Tennessee. So, Chris, you are going with the underdog in this one, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Why do you like Tampa in this one? Well, first of all, we were hoes last week, Joe. We were <laughs> you said uh, it. I like the Bucks. That 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 was an absolute fumble. Uh, they showed a replay. It was a clear fumble. Guy took it a ninety yards to the house, and that was that was the game. Despite 
you know, the quarterback, Winston, playing horrible and loosey-goosey with the ball, despite all that, we were hosed. But like you said, not living in the past, we're moving on. No words, no excuses. Let's go. Um, all right. So this brings us to the Bucks. All right. I like the Bucks this week, getting six points from Seattle in Seattle. Uh, I like it so much, I'm putting a hashtag on it, the wing foot lock. Lock it up. All right. Now, listen. Now, listen. We, we went on a roller coaster, okay? I understand we've been on a roller coaster, but like I've been telling our viewers, the podcast, the games we break down on the podcast, and our podcast picks have been hitting at a great clip. So like you said a couple of weeks ago, if you just want to go to the Instagram page and cherry pick the hashtag, we're not doing so great this week. We're on a roll uh, this, this season. We're on a roll coaster. But if you listen to all that games and make some educated choices on how you want to put your wages in, you're making money. That being said, said that, that being said, listen, wait, wait. That being said, it's not like you're losing a ton of money if you've gone with the wing foot locks. You might be down the vig for the season. So you've had a lot of entertainment and you got a, a couple bucks out of your pocket depending on what you put it on. And we are ready to go on a streak starting this week. So go ahead. Right. We're all about we're all about going on streaks and big winning streak. We don't like this up and down nonsense. All right, so let's get off the roller coaster and let's go. So this week uh, we're going to go with a stat uh, that has been very, very, very favorable to us in the past. And the stat, like I said, involved the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, and getting six from Seattle on the road, and here's one of the big things. Okay, the Bucks are one of the best West Coast teams in football. Okay, one of the best West Coast teams in football. Over the past 10 years, the Buccaneers have played in the Pacific time zone eight times. They are 7-1 and one straight up and 6-2 and two against the spread in those games. And that includes, if you remember, a few weeks back, Joe, when they went to L.A. to play the Rams and they were getting points, um, and we liked the Bucs, okay? They put a 40-burger up on the board, and they won that game outright, okay? Um so they proved, they proved that stat in that game, and they're coming right back again, okay? Now, on the flip side, the Seahawks, okay, in the past five home games. Now, this is, this, is, this is pretty shocking, Joe, because we all know how that home field advantage used to be a big, big thing for the, for the Seahawks, okay? Um, but as for the Seahawks, in the past five home games, they are 0-5 against the spread. That's hard to believe, but it's true. Yep. The Seattle Seahawks are 0-5 against the spread, in their last five home games, all right? So with all that being said, okay, I like the Bucks, and I like the points, uh, and that's going to be this week's wing foot lock, and we're going to get back on track this week. Um, hopefully, uh, Winston is back in his comfortable position out there in the West Coast. Hopefully, he knows how loosey-goosey he was last week and, you know, tightens up a little bit. And uh, I like the Buccaneers to go out there and uh, – get the job done, getting the six points. All right, since it is Thanksgiving and it's the season of gluttony, I'm going to throw a little helping, another helping on top there uh, when it comes to the Bucks. Uh, Seattle, you mentioned, obviously, 0-5 against the spread. If you think about their games this season, they've lost outright to the Saints and Ravens and have two one-point wins, week one against Cincinnati and then uh, against the Rams on Thursday night football, a game they should have lost had Greg the Leg not missed a field goal again at the buzzer that would have won it for the Rams. So they probably should be just 1-3 at home so far this season. A big reason for that for me is the defense. Right, Seattle is known for their defense. They were built on Legion of Boom. Well, so far this year, they're near the bottom of the league, giving up 6.2 yards per play. 
on that defense. And again, we just saw Matt Schaub put up 460 yards throwing. Look, Jameis Winston throws the ball down the field. Bruce Arians likes to do that. I think that he forces the ball too many times, and that's why they end up turning it over. And turnovers are really what have plagued the Bucks, what have plagued Winston so far this season. But that Tampa, uh, that Seattle secondary is not what they used to be. And on top of their already poor performance this year, they just lost their starting safety, Tedrick Thompson, who's on IR. I think he's gone for the season for Seattle. They were already thin in the secondary. I don't think they're going to be able to replace their starting safety overnight in this one. And I think the wide receivers of Godwin and Evans might be the best duo in the league right now in terms of wide receiving tandem. And I think that they are going to put up big numbers against Seattle this week. I say take the points with the Bucks. I wouldn't be surprised if they win outright. And I'm going to give you one more reason why. If that wasn't enough, here's dessert for you. I always look at spots, right? This week is a total look-ahead game for the Seattle Seahawks. Next week, they play the San Francisco 49ers, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers in their division on the road on Monday Night Football. So if you think they don't have an eye to next week, Seattle, then you got something else coming. I say take the Bucks this week, take the six, and maybe a little sprinkle, a little salt bay as we like to do uh, on the Bucks outright for the hashtag wing foot lock of the week. Yep, told you here first. We are recording on Thursday afternoon, folks. Get it, because that line is going to go, I think, a little crazy here. Uh, I'm going to get it at six. If it hits seven, I'll probably jump on it again because I think Seattle is going to be a big public play. All right, one more game for you. Oh, no, two more games that we wanted to discuss for you. First, we will talk about the Minnesota Vikings in Kansas City. I'm not going to give you a big lead-up to this one because still a lot of questions as we're recording here on Thursday about whether or not it's going to be Pat Mahomes or Matt Moore for Kansas City in this one. But still, Chris, you like the Vikings in this one and, and want some uh, have some things that people should look out for if they're going to play this game. Go ahead. Right, I like the Vikings, but uh, we need a certain scenario to take place in order to to to, to, to put some shekels on the Vikings, um, and so it's a little better better beware. But I'm still going to give our people uh, what they need to know. So currently, there's no line in this game, and of course, that's because we're waiting on Mahomes. Uh, Andy Reid, you know, left the door open for Mahomes to come back. Uh, personally, I don't think he's going to play in this game, um, and if I'm correct, we're going to take the take the Vikings, and here's why. Um, Andy Reid's teams uh, always have tend to struggle to cover the point spreads against NFC teams, okay? And in the past eight games versus NFC teams, the Chiefs are 1-6-1 and one against the spread, all right? 1-6-1 and one against the spread in their last eight against NFC teams. Those are not good numbers, okay? And on the flip side, uh, as for Mike Zimmer, uh, the coach of the Minnesota Vikings, since he's been hired in 2014, the Vikings are 16-4 and four versus AFC teams. So that's a big, big disparity there. Two complete opposite sides of the coin. Um, so now let's just say Mahomes doesn't play, and I'm right, uh, and they go with Matt Moore. If that line is somewhere about five, five and a half, six, um, I'm not more comfortable laying more than six on the road because the Chiefs still have weapons. Um if we can get it at five, five and a half, six, hopefully less, but I'm not com- I'm not comfortable laying anything more than six on the road. Uh, we're going to take a shot and put a little sprinkle on the Vikings. Um, we're going to trust their defense to shut down Matt Moore. He's been playing above his head uh, in the last couple of games, um, and that's why I like the Vikings. But it has to be that scenario 
those numbers otherwise unsustainable. You know, I, I think that this is interesting because even if Mahomes does play, there's a scenario here where I just look at Minnesota and I look at that uh, Colts team that beat the Chiefs outright this season. And I think that Minnesota has the same recipe uh, on defense and offense. They With Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's absolutely running like a madman this season. And I think that that will help. Minnesota keep the ball away from Kansas City. So I'm sorry to Adam Thielen. Oh, well, actually, he's probably still out for this one. But Stefan Diggs, you know, uh, I'm sorry. We're not going to give you the ball this week. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pound the rock with Dalvin Cook to keep the ball out of Kansas City's off out of the hands of Kansas City's offense. Uh, and I also think on the defensive side of the ball, they match up well in the secondary where they can go one-on-one coverage and bring pressure uh, against that Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. So I- I'm with you on that one. I, again, still too many questions for me to even really think about this without knowing if Mahomes is going to play. I think sometimes how late in the week that comes to light is also uh, something that can affect a game plan going into it. And I think it is a very different game plan when you've got Mahomes in there uh, versus, obviously, Matt Moore, who hasn't looked bad. Uh, though in those two in the games he's played. All right, uh, another game I wanted to talk about is Green Bay. The Packers laying four as they head to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Now, Green Bay coming off a win against Kansas City, 31-24. That was a little bit of a shootout there uh, on Sunday night football. And then the Chargers, as we said earlier, coming off that 17-16 win against the Bears, a game that they should have lost. Um, Joey Bosa, I know the Bosa brothers both were defensive players of the week for San Francisco and for the Chargers, so having um, a big impact on the game. The Chargers defense seems to be playing a little bit better right now, but I think when you look at the fact that they played a Chicago Bears offense that has absolutely struggled this entire season, I'm putting more weight on the fact that it's Chicago than on the fact that it is the Chargers defense. Also, Aaron Rodgers and that offense have been coming together. You look at what uh, Aaron Jones has done for the Packers since that game against the Cowboys where he scored four touchdowns. He has remained hot. Now he's going to get his favorite weapon, Devontae Adams, back as they take on the Chargers. And I think that he's only going to get better. This is after... They've had four touchdowns from Jones against the Cowboys. Rodgers had a perfect passer rating against the Raiders uh, a week later. And then last week, they put up 31 points against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this offense is clicking right now, and the defense is much improved. I will throw in the fact that the Chargers have been in a little bit of disarray all season, and they've got a Thursday night game against the division rival Oakland Raiders coming up next week for them. A little bit of a look ahead where as the Packers return home to take on the Panthers. So no real look ahead for them there. I think this is another good spot for Green Bay right now. I say lay the four and take the Packers this week. What do you think, Chris? I agree totally. The Chargers are chumps. All right, that's it. Bottom line, the Chargers are chumps. Uh, I, I can't keep telling you how I feel about the Chargers. Uh, and again, yes, uh, you know, Rodgers is still Rodgers. Uh, the offense is starting to come together there. Um, Devontae Adams coming back this week, right, Joe? Yes. Okay, that's a big plus, huge, huge plus. And I think if there's any weakness on, on, on Green Bay right now, it's their, it's their defense. They've been giving up a lot of points, a lot of yardage. Uh, but again, I don't think that's going to matter against the Chargers because uh, I'm not sold on them, and I don't see them moving the ball up and down the field. Uh, and I just think this is a, a good spot for the, for Green Bay, and I think they're going to go in there and do what they do. I think the chump Chargers will do what they do, um, and they have an, a, 
the fact that they're, they're, they're not playing good football, they have this uh, scheduling and the, and, and the travel thing working against them. So uh, I can't see the Chargers doing anything, anything successful in this game. Excellent. And before we leave you tonight, we want to give you one last better beware. I think this is becoming one of our favorite segments on here. So the game we're looking at this week is New England headed to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Uh, New England three-and-a-half-point favorites at last check on this one. Chris, you think there are some numbers that might want to keep some uh, people off of the Pats this week? What, what did you see there? All right. Well, first of all, um, by no means am I betting against the Patriots. Um, I just can't seem yet. Yeah, maybe one day down the road. But yeah, I just can't bet against Brady and the Pats and the Belichick right now. All right. But having said that, um, like we spoke before, when teams are undefeated, you kind of look for spots where you think that record's going to get snapped. Okay, because uh, the chances of teams going undefeated. Uh, for a whole season, uh, uh, a slim and none. Even though the Patriot, Patriots have done it before, and if anybody's going to do it, it's probably going to be them. Um, but if you're looking for a spot, yeah, maybe this week, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, since Harbaugh took over for the Ravens in 2008, the Ravens are 12-1 and straight up in home primetime games. 12-1 and straight up in home primetime games, and they are currently on a 10-game winning streak. Out of that 12 and 1. Okay? That's, keep that in mind. New England, um, they are 10 and 5 straight up and 9 and 6 against the spread in their past 15 night road games. Okay? Now, those numbers aren't horrible, but those aren't Patriot numbers. Um, and if I remember, we dated back to last year, and I can't remember the exact date, but I believe the Patriots played the Bills, if I'm not mistaken on a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, and they came out flat. Uh, they just didn't look so great. And for some reason, that game is sticking out in my mind yeah. as I read the stats. I remember it. It was a Monday night game against the Bills. Um, the Patriots still ended up covering in that one, I believe, on a Stephon Gilmore uh, 86-yard touchdown return in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter. Uh, that got them their cover. Um, I don't remember who the quarterback was for uh, – for the Bills in that game, but I feel like they had to bring him out of retirement, uh, and I'm not exaggerating or using an I hyperbole. I think their quarterback had come out of retirement for that game. Probably Josh McCown, because he's forever there. But no, uh, yeah, it was definitely an interesting scenario. The Patriots probably should have won that game by about 40, but barely ended up covering. Right, so I just remember they coming out flat, struggling through the whole first half, and barely covering against a team they should have blew out. And now they're playing a, a, a team that's playing good football, got some weapons, and, and, and they can do things. Um, so, again, not going to take anybody in this game. I'm not going one way or the other. Um, and like I said, I can't bet against the Patriots, but I just want to put these numbers out there. So uh, this might be a spot if you want to stay off of New England or maybe take a little sprinkle to see if this is the week they get tripped up. Um this may be the spot uh, be with those numbers in mind, but uh, I'm just throwing it out there. And Personally, I'm staying open. I'm staying away, but I'd like to see how this game plays out. And I know, Chris, you like to read the tea leaves that are the betting lines and number moves uh, that we see early uh, in the week. So I'll, I'll go and, and play that role for this game. Uh, this game opened at New England minus six and a half. Uh, it's down to three and a half already. 
That's despite the fact that 73% of the money is coming in on the Patriots early, which means the big money is coming in on Baltimore. I always get a little scared that maybe we already missed the value in that one when a line moves three points like that. It might be too late to get on Baltimore's side. However, it tells me that somebody who knows something in there is is heavy, heavy on the Ravens this week. And look, if you look at what the Patriots have done this season, they've done it with their defense, not their offense. And if not for a couple fumbles by um, Nick Chubb going into the end zone there for Cleveland, that game that was 27-13 maybe is, is a, a heck of a lot closer um, than it ended up being in the final score, especially that second one when he broke an 80-yard run there and I think fumbled inside the 10. So if Baltimore can hold on to the ball, they're at home on uh, that's the Sunday night game. Definitely interesting. The better beware pick or game of the week is the New England Patriots headed to Baltimore for this one. All right. So to review. Go ahead. Last point before we drive up, Joe. In regards to that line moving down, you got to watch that a little bit because last week with our Wingfoot lock pick, the Carolina Panthers, that line opened up at six. And then right before, you know, during the week, it was five, five and a half, six, went down to five in most places. Uh, by the time that game went off, that had dropped all the way down to four and a half. Um, kind of what's happening now, and what happened? They lost. You know, they gave up fifty points and got smoked. But that so wasn't. Be- but but that wasn't a reverse move. Chris, so we're seeing, right, so we're seeing this one, in in that case, the majority, though, was still on the Panthers, that that brought the line down, right, we're getting the reverse move in this one, where the majority of the bets are coming in on New England, but the big money, right, but the big money's coming in the opposite on Baltimore, so we got one of those reverse line moves in there. All right, so with that being said, to wrap it up one more time for everybody out there, this week our picks are Chicago plus five at Philadelphia. I'm sure Greg Hoyle is going to have an opinion on that one to weigh in with. We like the Jacksonville, excuse me, London Jaguars taking on the Houston Texans, getting a point and a half. Chris is saying the fishy line of the week is Pittsburgh at either minus one or pick them against the Indianapolis Colts. He is saying there's a scenario where you should look to play Minnesota against Kansas City as we wait for Pat Mahomes' status for that game. We like the Green Bay Packers laying four as they head out to face the Los Angeles Chargers. The Wingfoot lock of the week is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus six as they head to Seattle. And then the better beware game of the week is the New England Patriots minus three and a half as they head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. We are recording this on Happy Halloween, so we hope there are plenty of treats, not too many tricks for you and all of our football friends out there this Sunday. For Chris Portente, Joe Masiri, and Greg Hoyle on his bye week, thanks for listening to this edition of the Wingfoot Locks. And remember, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you next week, everybody. 